0: What's up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Laying the Points with Farley Bets. I am Farley Bets. That's at Farley Bets across all social media. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. Chris R. Farley, professional handicapper. Been doing this for quite some time, and it's a pleasure, as always, to join you on Laying the Points. Won the Circa Contest last year, fifth place, 114 k cash prize. Written about a thousand articles here at the Odds Breakers, head of betting at the 33rd team and contributor on the BetUS, NFL, and NBA shows, as well as the Hammer Network. And of course, a handicapper and podcast host here at the Odds Breakers. What's going on, everybody? It is Tuesday, November 1st, and we have a very good show for you today. Tony George returns to laying the points to talk a little bit about the NFL. A little bit about life as a handicapper and some of the challenges, some ways you can improve your methods and your results as a handicapper. He's just a great guy. He's always very transparent, very candid, very honest. And I love the kind of things he has to say. I mean, a ton of experience. So you just got to sit back and listen and take notes because Tony's been in this game for a long time. We'll get to Tony here in one second. But before we do, just want to let you know a few things. First of all, Going to have an NBA podcast here around the corner coming very soon. Looking forward to that. Also, today's show is going to be a little different. We're not going to run down the complete NFL uh, slate. That's usually what I do. Lately, I've been getting my ass kicked a little too much in the NFL. I don't like that. Quite frankly, it pisses me off. So I'm just taking a step back, reevaluating some things. That's a good thing for me to do. Of course, you have to trust your instincts. A lot of weird variants last week. We went one and four in circa five and nine for minus six units overall. I mean, listen, if you want to hit the fade, Chris Button, go right ahead. I'm always transparent. I'm always honest. I feel great about week nine. That's usually what happens, right? It's a it's a response spot, a revenge spot for old Farley bets, and usually things are things are much more successful the following week after we have a bad week. But that being said, it's important to kind of reload, right? And and Think about some things, maybe from some different perspectives, stick to what you know, but maybe reframe some things or maybe create some better discipline on your end. There's a lot going on for me. I I talk about it with Tony for a little bit because I'm not a victimization guy. You know, I don't like to give excuses for anything, but I got a lot going on. That's for sure. This year in Circa, you know, last year I, I won fifth place in Circa with my buddy, Steve. Love Steve. We had some great times together. Not gonna happen again, you know, and, and 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 that's what happens in this industry sometimes. Sometimes there's just like partnership divorces, right? And you know, I'm not gonna comment anymore on that. I only wish the best for Steve, but shit happens, you know, and you have to readjust. And there's just been some mental strain, I think, for me this year. And that's why I've been talking about so much. I mean, I feel like I'm a great representative to, you know, focus on your mental health, focus on yourself, make sure you're you're feeding you, you know, mentally, emotionally, sleep, uh, just staying healthy. That's a huge part of life, and it's a huge part of being successful as a handicapper. So I'm, um, I'm just taking one of those weeks. But this is a fantastic show with Tony George. I can't wait for you all to listen. But before we do that, I got two free plays for you that I want to communicate from the jump. First of all, the Chicago Bulls. They've played seven games so far. They have only lost one third quarter. So far this season, they've buttoned up every third quarter. They usually win it by margin, too. Tonight they face the Nets. The Nets just fired Steve Nash. Things are clunky, and they don't look good in Brooklyn. Like, the chemistry is off. That's been obvious. The Chicago Bulls are coming to town off extended rest. Nets just played last night. If somehow the Nets are leading at the half, and even if they're not, I would strongly consider a third quarter bet, a live bet on the Chicago Bulls in that game. You'll get much better value value if they're losing, that's for sure. Something to consider. And secondly, an NFL pick. I really like the Commanders this week. Right now you can still get plus three and a half. Kirk Cousins going back to his old team. But we know Kirk can freeze in those situations. We've seen him many times before. I love the way Washington is playing behind Taylor Heineke. Much more A Washington Commanders quarterback, blue-collar, gritty, right, kind of reminds you of the old Washington Redskins teams, right? The defense played really, really good last week, really tight in their coverage, got pressure on the quarterback. You know, of course, the Colts probably – I'm sorry, not the Colts. Was it the Colts? Yeah, it was the Colts. Uh, You know, Taylor Heineke comes back. on the. I mean, that's a great drive by Taylor Heineke, who did everything he could on that final drive. Colts probably should have won that game but the Commanders are showing a lot of grit. They're hanging in games, and Minnesota is still a fraud. They're covering ATS. They're winning, but I'm telling you, that team is a fraud. They're not that good at defense. Kirk Cousins, we we all know that he gets shaky, and we're waiting for the next game where he does. Six and one, I don't think so. I think the Washington Commanders could straight-up win this game, so I love plus three and a half, and I would sprinkle a little bit on the money line if I were you. That team is just playing differently with Taylor Heineke at quarterback. And, and that's a team to play on right now, whereas the Vikings, fake news, fake news, and I think that's going to show itself really clearly here in the upcoming weeks. With that, let's get to Tony George, 30 years in this industry and a ton to teach all of us. With that being said, let's get to it. Welcome back, everybody, to Laying the Points with Farley Betts. And I'm here to welcome back a previous guest on our show, longtime handicapper in the sports world, He's been in the media for over thirty years, and if I if I saw it correctly, Tony, you went five and zero last week in circus, so We got to talk about that, Tony George, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Well, welcome back, my friend.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Chris. Uh, yeah, we had a good week last week, college and pro football. Been a last year in the NFL. You know, I you know, and you're in this business as long as I am. It just it just pays it pays better to tell the truth. You know, and so last year we had a down year in the NFL. We made some adjustments. You know, you have to learn to evolve. Um, and, you know, analytics, you know, sabermetrics, algorithms, all those different things we use and improve on to try and keep pace with the books and the technologies that they use. And so I uh, really did a lot of work uh, in the off season trying to dial in the NFL a little bit better. And some of the same rules still apply. There's just certain numbers you stay away from. And you don't screw around with double-digit favorites. Ask anybody who bet Buffalo on, you know, Sunday night, that sort of thing. You know, so these type of things come into play. I know there's a lot of double-digit spreads this week, but you know, they are paying dividends. The week before we had a one and three week and and uh you know, just one of those weeks, you know, but yeah. we've had more winning weeks and losing weeks in the NFL and college football has been phenomenal last year at 63% for the season. And, and then this year we're right about the same number still. And the top picks have hit at a, about an 80% clip, which sounds like I'm blowing smoke up your ass, but it's the absolute. We're 20 and well, we 20, we were 14 and three and now we're 20 and, and six. So oh, wow. Uh, dating back to last year, we had a big one last week on Illinois He's over my beloved Nebraska Cornhuskers, and and uh, you know my favorite teams, whoever I got money on. So you know, yeah. you know I'll fade them and these guys just as quick as anybody if if I think there's some opportunity. But yeah, we had a great week last week, dude.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And and Tony was telling me before the show that you just went golfing this morning. sounded like you felt a little bad about it just because you're taking a break. But you also told me, which which we we all need to take breaks in this industry, you know, it's, it's constant, obviously. Yeah. But then you also told me that not, last week you put in 90 hours, which yeah. paid some dividends. Can you just tell our listeners, because I think everybody's interested in just hearing more about a day in the life or a week in the life of a professional handicapper, what do you think made the difference last week? Like, where did those extra hours go towards?
1: Well, they went towards confirming what I thought out of the gate. Uh, you know, it, it, with the new States coming on board with gambling, um, you've got a lot of guys coming out of the woodwork with podcasts, videos, you know, uh, a lot of young guys, some have merit like yourself. I follow you. I see what you're doing, you know, but there's a lot of young guys and gals, that are popping up all over the place and some of these big websites are using that don't offer any content of value right. um, out there really they're filling in time and hyping something up um and i have a lot of people that reach out to me dm on twitter my facebook group page you know i have a group page tony george sports or on facebook and they want to get in the business they want to know you know i have I, hey i work full time as uh, this but Part-time I want to get into this, you guys hiring, you know, one of those deals. I'm like, what? <laughs> now, um, so to give you an example, over at Doc Sports, this website's been around. Everybody's heard of Doc Sports. I mean, you've never been into a sports book in Reno or Las Vegas or now Atlantic City and not seen a Doc Sports journal. I mean, they've been a staple in these books for 50 years, been around. But over there, we have to have our picks up on... Every morning at 8.30 a.m. Pacific. Now that is day to day. And then football we put out on Thursday at 5 Central. So between Sunday and Monday night results, I got to get everything ready and out the door by Thursday. Um, So this requires me getting up at 4 a.m. every day, getting in four and a half hours of work to... Just get those daily picks up. Then, you know, I, I, I'm about a pot of coffee there. All <laughs> out, I have a, a park down here uh, about a block from my house. I walk two miles every day down there, get a break, clear my mind, come back home and start working on football. Start working on uh, looking in advance at the NBA. Start working on college basketball that's not even started yet, you know. All these different things. So all day long, on top of doing my own videos on YouTube, I do every day, uh, podcasts like this, radio show spots, all day long, take a a break about 2.30, take a nap for about a half hour, just collapse, maybe an hour, decide what we're going to eat for dinner, and then watch games all night, read box scores till 11, and then get live on five hours rim sleep and do it all over again, yeah. Every single day. And that is the commitment that it takes to at least try and break even, maybe a little better. Yeah. You know, and people don't realize, you know, I've learned a system, you know, and you're young, you're 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 up and comer. You know, um, you don't have much of a family life. You work on Thanksgiving, you work on Christmas, you work on New Year's Day, you're watching game New Year's Eve, yep. you know, um, this, that, and the other. Uh, there's, you know, Halloween, you got NBA to watch, you got the Monday night football game to watch. Um, you're You're keeping an eye on hockey, you know, those scores coming in. You know, you're covering prop bets now, so you're looking at individual players and then, when it's all said and done, you know the wife's out with the kids trick or treating, and you're sitting there doing all that. So, you know you have to have a commitment to do that, Chris. And then, as you well know, you could do all that hard work, and you could still go one of four.
0: Exactly. <laughs> and,
1: and then you got to get your. And, and then with a high public profile like myself, I was in the national media for twenty over twenty five years, a national radio show. Big Twitter following, twenty six thousand daily subscribers on YouTube. When you go in and see the comments the next day, even on the free pics, if you are wrong on them, you're oh, the yeah. lowest, you're the lowest common denominator of human filth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they want your family to slide under a gas truck and hope it explodes and dies. Yeah, you know. So while they will worship your success, they're first in line to applaud your failure. So you got to put all that aside you know because you know i really feel bad when i lose a big play you know yeah. because i bet that's why i'm out here in vegas man i bet my own money you know and i had a good weekend this weekend weekend before i lost 3800 bucks this weekend i won 6400 you know it's up and down you tell the wife don't yeah. go, yeah. go to costco today <laughs> okay you go to costco this day here's a stack of cash go get what you want yeah
0: that's yeah.
1: you know it's, it's so not made it for everybody it's not for everybody and you really have to have some sort of a, a self discipline. Um, it, it, it's uh it's a very difficult, pro- I, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. Yeah. I mean, if you want it, if you just, and, but the thing of it is I love doing it. I still have I think, a passion for it.
0: Yeah. And I think you have to, right. It's, it's, it's one of those things where it's for the past few years, it's been one of the only things I've experienced in my life where I can do it for free and I could still really enjoy it, right? Like I don't get paid for this podcast, for example, uh, but I like talking about it. I like reading about it. Yeah. I like digesting everything about sports and sports betting. And I think that's, you know, how you have to be. I, I know for me this year, Tony, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always caught between a rock and a hard place in the sense that I see, a, I hear a lot of victimization out there, right? Like people love to be victims. So I don't want to be the guy giving excuses if I have a bad week or something, you know. Right. I got a lot on my plate. I mean, the wife is pregnant. Um, I won't get into it, but I had a circa divorce, you know. I mean, I, I won circa last year with my buddy. I don't think we're gonna be buddies for much longer. That, you know, it is what it is. These things happen in the industry. Yeah. But there's just a lot, there's a lot of you know, a lot of it is about your own mental game, right? And 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 right. I talk to my audience about that a lot because I think sometimes it's almost as much about that as it is the game itself. How like how clearly are you seeing what's happening? How distracted are you? How many hours are you willing to put in? How you know, how, what's your own mental health like? You know, cuz right. then you're able to see things in in a, a purer lens. Right, right? Like, as opposed to all these internal biases that might be affecting you because things that are you know ancillary in your life that are also affecting you so and not to get into a therapy session here you know with a mentor like you but i certainly feel it sometimes because you you know after winning the circuit contest last year fifth place it's almost like i have this in like this internal message in my head like i i have to win again i have to win a contest again you know i mean people don't realize how difficult that is to win just one time Yeah. Let alone two years in a row. Right. But you put pressure on yourself and everything else. So I can more and more relate to what you're saying.
1: Well, you know, it's uh, people fail to realize, you know, and, and you're gaining a lot of traction in the industry. You're you're getting a lot more exposure, you know, and that's a blessing and a curse. Right. You know, with the attention. But what people fail to realize is we're normal. At least me. Uh, we're not best friends here. I don't know you all that well, but I'm a normal guy. I got two kids I got to worry about. I had to put my pet down a month ago. I had for 15 years that crushed me. Yeah. I take the garbage out on Sunday for Monday morning pickup. You know, I do yard work. You know, I I the handyman around the house. You know, I do, you know, and I do those things and and I enjoy those things to keep my mind clear. Right. You know, and whenever I'm feeling really good about myself or I think I'm getting a little cocky, I just go into some of these sports forums and read how big of a piece of crap I am. (laughs) And it brings me right back down to earth. But, you know, these losing streaks could weigh on you. Um and you know, you, then you start second guessing yourself, and you have paralysis by analysis over analysis, right, exactly, which can happen. But um, the one the one advantage I have over guys like you that are young and upcoming for mental stability is a lot of times I can look at a game uh, in the NFL, any sport. And with thirty years of experience, I've seen this movie before. Right. History has a tendency to repeat itself, usually, and I kind of know how it's going to end. So yeah. that experience factor of doing this and seeing the way lines move, or the, or the, what this, how many tickets are written, how much money was bet, why the line moved that way, why isn't the line moving that way when ninety percent of the bets are on Kansas City? But I've seen all these scenarios before. And sometimes it helps me with my initial gut instinct based on experience, make some picks. And I did that last week in college and the NFL. You know, I use some of that experience, you know? And so as you, the one thing I would tell anybody out there that wants to get into it, whether you won or you lost, go look at the box score, see Mm -hmm. where you went wrong. Mm
0: -hmm. Say,
1: okay, I got my, say you took, just hypothetically say Joe Blow out there watching he was all over the raiders last week they're ready to lay 2 on the road they're ready to go this car and adams and jacobs you know uh, new orleans loves to get into shootouts it's just going to be at the at, at the ok corral and then they they score zero the golden knights score more than they do on <laughs> sunday so here's the deal instead of being pissed off and or whatever you go in and look at that box score where did I go wrong what did I think was going to happen why didn't it happen and what's that number tell me and you learn from those losses so even during losing seasons and I'll tell you this Chris just buddy to buddy during a losing season you want to go back look at those and see where you went wrong and you know you may find a theme Every time this happened i did this and every time I did that i got my ass handed to me mm-hmm. i'm not gonna do that anymore yeah. you know so those things come along with some of the experience and and uh thrown in with your hard work so you know I, I think that that's a real advantage for me right now at this particular time in my career
0: yeah well i i might have to have a longer conversation with you sometimes on this pod because uh, i just enjoy talking the handicapper mentality and everything that yeah. goes into it and i don't think it's it's you know talked about enough, uh, especially with the transparency that you that you have with this kind of thing, Tony. So I really yeah. appreciate that. Let's get to some of these games because that's what we're here for—to tackle some of these NFL games this weekend, Week Nine in the NFL, and we got a few interesting lines this weekend. Let's start with your Kansas City Chiefs, who are at home off a of buy. We know how good Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are off a of buy. I've got the stat somewhere. I don't know where it is. Uh, maybe I can find it, but but the you know the Chiefs score a ton of points usually with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid after by I think it's something like the average like 32 or 33 yeah. points per game. Uh Titans are coming into town. Sounds like Rabel's being a little elusive about who's going to play a quarterback just now. Says so he talks he'll, he'll talk about it more tomorrow. Chiefs are 12 and a half point favorites in total is 46. Now, this is a game that you brought up on the board for us to talk about, Tony. What do you see in this one?
1: Well, the first thing that you're going to react to, and, and once again, folks, I don't like messing around with double digits in the NFL, and if I do mess around, with this, it's going to be on the underdog. Yeah. You know, so if you want to talk about a 12-and-a-half-point dog this week, talk about the Jets. Right. You know, don't talk about – stay away from Tennessee, and I'll tell you why. couple reasons why. When you first see this line, you go, I'm all over Tennessee. I'm taking them. Derrick Henry, this is a team that's five and two. They're getting shown disrespect. Henry just had 200 and some yards. Um, you know, uh, this was the number one seed in the AFC playoffs last year. Right. You know, and a, and, a two, <laughs> and a two lost team. But that's, that's where the comparison ends. And I'll tell you, you have to look for mismatches in the NFL. And the mismatch for Tennessee is in this game. They can't play man-to-man defense and pass coverage. They can't do it. They always play a zone. Now, they've only faced one really pro- prolific passer this year and tried to play a zone defense against him, which is all they can play, and that was Josh Allen, and they got beat 41-7. to <laughs> That's why this number's up there, because there's a total mismatch between Kansas City's scheme, the way Patrick Mahomes... Patrick Mahomes is much like a Tom Brady in his prime. If you give him a zone defense and you're no good at it, he will pick you apart. And he'll use seven or eight different receivers doing it. Yeah. Which Kansas City between their backs, their slots, their tight ends, their wide, you know, their wide receivers, they got weapons coming at you everywhere. Off a bye. Andy Reid is unbelievable. Um And, by the way, in case anybody's not paying attention, Kansas City's run defense is number three in the NFL, allowing 92 yards a game. So, Derrick Henry is not playing the Houston Texans this week. Right. (laughs) So, if anything on this particular play, if you feel good about Kansas City, you're going to feel even better putting them in a half a leg of a two-team six-point teaser at six and a half under the fall number seven because they should win this game by at least two scores, whether it's a field goal or whatever and a touchdown. But the Tennessee has kind of just kind of done it with smoke and mirrors and won ugly this year, and they lost ugly too. you know. But this is a mismatch for them based on the offensive scheme that Kansas City runs and the ability of Patrick Mahomes yeah. to be able to pick apart his own defense. And that's why that number is so large, if everybody's wondering.
0: Yeah, so a few points that you made that I really like. Um, I mean, first of all, I think Mike Vrabel is among uh, at this point. I think he's a top five coach in the NFL. I mean, just like Dayball, just like Pete Carroll, I don't think yeah. any coach is doing more with you know uh, less talent, right? I yeah. mean, he, uh, of course, he has Derrick Henry, but they really don't have dependable wide receivers game to game. You know, their offensive line, especially in pass protection, can be shaky. He, he coaches up that defense every week. They fight hard. But it's, you know, similar to what I say about the Giants. And, you know, I'm a Giants fan, Tony. The Giants are going to be that team that overperforms and plays really hard. But when they run into a true juggernaut, a true elite NFL team in the wrong spot, especially. I mean, Chiefs coming off a bye. Good luck to anyone facing them off a bye, right? And we saw the Chiefs and what they did in San Francisco. I thought that's a bad spot for for the Chiefs. Even though they were coming off a loss against the Bills, now you got to go to San Francisco and, yeah. you know, San Francisco was coming off a terrible loss to the Falcons. So I was, like, circling San Francisco on that spot. The Chiefs still ball out, put up 44 points on the Niners. Um, so this is uh, – I can only look at Kansas City, even though it's it's uncomfortable. Love the yeah. fact you brought up a teaser. And I'll, uh, and, and I'll, I'll add this, uh, Tony. Uh, speaking of Tony's Kadarius Tony. You know, as a Giants fan, I get why the Giants released him. But I'm yeah. telling you. You know, because I've seen a lot of Tony being a Giants fan. I've watched every play, every every ball he's caught. And that dude, you know, there's only one Tyreek Hill, okay? But yeah. that dude has a similar burst, elusiveness. Like, he's th- like, even though he's small, he's thick. He's going to fit into that offense. Once he's yeah. totally healthy, he's going to fit into that offense really well, Tony. I think yeah, that's I, a really good pickup.
1: I thought that was a great pickup. And I, I agree with everything that you said. And yeah. I also... It's too bad that you don't have a quarterback there at the Giants right now that can utilize his skill set as a quarterback to be able to get that guy shake. You see, he shakes loose because he yeah. he's going to make a lot of big plays for Kansas City. Big plays. I mean, he might be a four catch a game guy, but he's got eighty seven yards and two TDs. Exactly. He's one of those type of guys, and and I guess one other thing about as you mentioned the quarterback situation. I don't think they're any worse off other than an experience level with, with, I think Malik, you know, Willis is going to be the future of that franchise. I mean, what's Tannehill done? Yeah. What's he done all year, you know, and, 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 and as you mentioned too, a great point, it's just a Testament to what Vrabel's been able to do with these guys based on the fact that they lost, you know, Brown a wide receiver Tannehill's. Okay. You can only run Derrick Henry for so long before teams are going to figure out how to stop you and right. dare you to throw the ball. And you don't have anybody to throw it to. You know, for him to be five and two right now, and the teams he lost to outside of the Giants were better than you know the teams they were supposed to lose to. Yep. You know, they were going to lose to Buffalo. I mean, who is it? <laughs> you don't know, have Kansas City lost to him, and you know, I mean, in in a coin flip ball game, but at the end of the day, you know. But, um, again, Buffalo uh, has a better defense than Kansas City overall, but Buffalo's a lot like Kansas City, and that result of that Buffalo-Tennessee game might mirror this one.
0: Yeah, and I I think they're going to see each other again down the road, obviously, I mean, unless there's a major injury on the Chiefs or the Bills, um, you know, especially with the Chiefs' defense starting to really improve too. I like that you mentioned their run. Run defense as well. Um, yeah. let's get to the next game because I know we are both very busy bees. Uh so let's tackle this one. Chargers out the Falcons. Falcons are three point underdogs at home. Off of uh, you know, it's it was a phony win in the sense that they shouldn't have won because of that late penalty and multiple missed field goals and extra points, etc. But um, you know, as it is, the Falcons sit atop somehow. The NFC South Chargers are off a bye totals of 49 and a half. What do you got on this one?
1: You see, the Falcons win a lot of games. Like the Giants. And when you're done, when you're when you see the score, you go, How'd that happen? <laughs> How'd they win that game? Right. You know, and I think this guy does a good job of coaching them of Atlanta. And they get Cordell Patterson back this week. Okay. So if you're buying the pre if you're still buying the preseason hype on the Los Angeles Chargers, um, get your head out of your butt because it's very unhealthy to have it that far up there. There's not a good football team right now. And you got Williams out and Allen still out. Those are two of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Yeah. What are you going to do? What are you going to do in this game? Think about it. What are you going to do? I I like the home dog. And there's your teaser. Take Atlanta. They're in every game they're in is close. Put them in a two-team six-point teaser. You get them off the fall number three, fall number six, And fall number seven. You're getting them at plus nine. Okay. Put them with Kansas City at six and a half. You know, you got some pizza money. I can tell you that, brother. Because I don't, I'm not, I don't know about you. I'm not, I'm always looking to find good home underdogs in the NFL. That's the first thing I circle. I want, Mm -hmm. you know, a, a mentor of mine a long time ago named Mike Lee was a legend in this industry. He passed away in 2006. He took me under his wing. In the late 90s, and said, ah, Tony, I know you won this contest out here. You know, come here, kid. You had me under his arm. He said, now let me show you how to really handicap. You just got lucky. But one of the things he told me, he said, I want you to write down all your NFL, which I do on a spreadsheet now. But back then, you know, I didn't use computer that much. This is like 96. (laughs) And so he goes, write down all your picks in the NFL. He said, and at the end of the year, I want you to add up how many favorites you took, and how many underdogs you took. If you took more favorites than underdogs, you had a losing year. Guarantee you. So I'm always looking for reasons to take underdogs in the NFL, especially home underdogs, and you can't say that this isn't a live dog. There's just no way. With Cordell Patterson coming back, they've, they've yep. been winning without Cordell Patterson. They had nothing. Yep. I'm telling Mariota's he could take off and run the ball. That gives them problems. Look how many problems they had with Mahomes. Over in division play over the years, you know, a, a mobile quarterback that can run around in third and six and move the chains. Well, you got him stuffed up the middle on an RPO, you know, so he's able to move, change, extend drives, keep their defense off the field, keep them rested. And Atlanta does a nice job of doing that. I think that they're a live dog here. I can only, I can only look at the underdog.
0: Yeah, you know, and it's it's another one of those situations where the Chargers, with their roster the way that it's assembled. And off a buy. And, you know, it, it seems like maybe it's some emphasis this year. Um, I think they're three and three and oh, or three and one ATS on the road. So maybe there's some emphasis. You know, last year they were a bad road team. Yeah. Uh, they're three and no ATS on the road. Um, and, you know, this year they're taking care of business more. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, Brandon Staley, I like to talk about coaches a lot because, you know, whether a team has an identity or not is something I always look at. And what are the, what is the Chargers' identity? I mean, yeah the Falcons are still pretty banged up in their secondary too. So you would think Justin Herbert's going to roll in there regardless of who he has a wide receiver. And, you know, with the talent that he has, you know, be able to slice and dice the Falcons in in the, in the, in the passing game. But this, this kind of thing when it sets up so well for the chargers on a consistent basis just doesn't result in what you expect. Yeah. Right. And, and, and now we have the Falcons who sometimes, when you get away with a win like that, even if it's a little phony at the end, it's like, okay, now we know we shouldn't have won that game. So let's button up and make sure that we, you know, really are in a position to win the next one, right? Especially right. if it's a really well coached team. Uh, which, you know, Arthur Smith, I'm still on the fence about him, but at least, yeah. I mean, you can't argue that these guys aren't fighting no. hard every single week. Oh, no. so.
1: they're, they're, and, you know, the head coach of the Chargers, um, in my opinion, is a bonehead. And he's not good. He's cost them games. And, you know, I'm not sold on this Herbert-led, high-octane office. Now, they spent a crap ton of money in the offseason acquiring a defense, which has not paid a lot of dividends for them, as you yep, think yep, it would. And they, yep. and they did that for one reason. They did that for the same reason that Denver went out and got Russell Wilson And they did it for the same reason that the Raiders went and got Devontae Adams. Everybody wants to beat Kansas City. Well, we can't, we can score punches. We we can trade punches on the scoreboard with them, but we'd sure be able to like to stop them so we can get over on them. But the bottom line is, just an an example of why I'm not sold on on the, the Chargers this year, when they played the Raiders, they were plus five in turnovers on their home field and still only put up twenty five points.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just think so, about that. Yeah, something something's in the uh, in the water over there in yeah. Los Angeles for the Chargers. I don't I don't know because it's, it seems like a cyclic thing with them. They just maybe front management just really doesn't care that much about this team and the hirings they're making. I don't know, but it's interesting what you said too because uh, Russell Wilson goes to Denver for Nathaniel Hackett, off, supposed to be an offensive mind, right? Devontae Adams goes to the Raiders for offensive-minded Josh McDaniels. Brandon Staley reloads the defense, supposed to be a defensive guy. All of those coaches are grossly disappointing, you know, Mm -hmm. with the rosters that they have. I would say especially Brandon Staley. I mean, that dude, I mean, he's 150 pounds, probably soaking wet, and it just doesn't look like he can relate to the players. You know, he kind of has like a cockiness about him. Why? Like, he's not not bringing anything to the table, if you ask me, Tony
1: and he, um, he, he reminds me a lot of the miami dolphins head coach
0: yeah but that guy's actually pretty pretty sharp
1: <laughs> but, he's, but, but, but he's got some brains yeah exactly you know, the miami guy does but yeah i i'm not um you know i you know having a bunch of having a bunch of really good players and you know this locally here the raiders and i dude i hate the raiders i've been a chiefs fan since i was knee high to a grasshopper i grew up yeah. in Lincoln, Nebraska, which was three hours north of there, and I lived there for 10 years and lived in Lincoln for 28. So, you know, I, I grew up, a, you know, a, a Chiefs and Royals fan in yeah. a lot of lean years. Let me tell you, more so than, you know, this recent stuff's fine and dandy, but, you know, it's been a lot of lean years. But, you know, the, the bottom line is is I see these teams wanting to get better to compete with them as you mentioned, but the coaching you can have all the stars you want. You got to get them all on the same page. you know that's one thing I always liked about Phil Jackson in the NBA. There's not many coaches that could take a bunch of stars and make them play together and win yep. championships. you know just because the team is loaded, you don't think that LeBron James, Davis, Westbrook, a couple other key players on the Lakers team is are there those guys are studs. They can they can flat out ball, but if you don't have a coach and get them on the same page, you can get beat by a lesser team with better coaching, and that's what's been going on with with the Chargers. Yeah,
0: apparently, I just got breaking news from one of my friends, Steve Nash, the Brooklyn Nets coach, was just fired, uh, let go by the Nets. So that's kind of another one of those other, those examples, right? A coach oh, give me, has- Bulls. give me
1: the balls! Give me the balls tonight.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I already, I, I already took him in the first half. Bulls are a first-half team. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and you know what's interesting about that bet, too? Might as well give away a free play on the show here because I just gave this to premium customers. Bulls have only lost one third quarter all season so far. I know it's been a short season, short sample yeah. size, But that was against the Pacers team. They were way up in the Pacers. Bulls are pretty good at adjusting in the third quarter, fall flat in the fourth quarter. But if somehow the Bulls are losing in the first half, which I don't think they will – I don't trust this Nets team, especially since they just played last night. But yeah. Bulls in third quarter, I think, is a pretty decent live bet. But to your point, you know, um, you know, having a bunch of star players on your team, wrangling them all together, getting it to be a one-team effort, easier easier said than done. And I know in the in the NFL, at least, coaching certainly matters a lot more than other places. Tony yeah. George, there, there know- you
1: go, right there, my buddy just texted me, "Hey, Steve Nash just got fired."
0: Yeah, yeah, I was, you know, trying to reload my Twitter for some reason. I must not have the right algorithm because I wasn't yeah. seeing it. But it it is true. It just happens. So, you know, so, I mean, sometimes that can reignite a team. Yeah, you know, the Nets are all over the place. I don't think it's going to reignite them tonight, but. Tony thank you so much for coming on my yeah. podcast again it's been way too long I'm sorry I'm sorry yeah. that we didn't get to meet in Vegas either because I would have loved to hang out with you and have yeah dinner.
1: dude what happened
0: uh, sorry I was in I was out you know wife is pregnant and there's some kind of weird instinct I have right now I just I don't want to do much I want to get home ma- yeah. and make sure she's okay it's like a weird yeah. biological yeah. thing but um yeah. I'll be there next year again because you know I'm a circuit guy for life now so sure. yeah. uh Thank you so much. Uh, Tony, you already mentioned Doc Sports, but in case people don't know, where can they find you?
1: Just uh, docsports.com. You can uh, uh, find me on Twitter at sports, And, of course, over on YouTube, just type in Doc Sports. I do daily uh, free pick videos over there, NFL opening line reports. Um, On Twitter, um, I do a podcast. I'm only doing it once a week, like what you're doing here because of time constraints. I can't do a daily one. I've just got too many commitments and just a, a work ethic that that's why I quit doing a national radio show, you know, uh, in 2018, it's just, its too much of a commitment when I want to be good at what I'm doing, but I'm doing a weekly podcast so the same thing, StreamYard and it plays live on Twitter. So look for, just follow my Twitter account and you can see when they're up there like yours. And when you're done doing them live, they're archived. And, uh, I'm not hard to find, brother. Apparently, I was for you when you were in Vegas, but I'm not hard for everybody else. (laughs) Uh,
0: Hey, next time it's going to happen, stakes on me. Tony, Uh, thanks uh, so much for coming on the pod. You're the man.
1: Good luck, everybody.